I find myself often fundamentally changed when I go back in time to gather pieces of myself that have gone missing, that have been shocked out of my system or dissociated for whatever circumstances and reasons. And then the fear and the resistance before to go back there because you know there was really good reasons. But then the the complete change in sense of self after. And I'm also just mind blown over and over that we are able to create circumstances where that is possible, where I can just sit in a space with a group of people. I can try to relax and close my eyes and follow the instructions of the intention and the frame of the ritual and listen to the drums and allow myself to be carried back, to welcome back a part of me that is needed here and now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations podcast. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Milena. Uh, she's from Berlin, and she is an artist making drums, frame drums, and really excited to delve into her journey and how she stepped into this creativity. So tune in and um, hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome, Milena. So lovely to have you. Hi, thank you so much for the opportunity. I've really been looking forward to talk to you and connect and also hear about what you're doing more. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a back and forth, um, you know, bringing you to this conversation and also like really connecting in this way to talk about medicines and also the creativity aspect. Because what I would like to do uh, um, more or at least uh, have, you know, give more energy to the creative path of you know coming into our own creativity and finding our path so it's quite exciting to be able to have this conversation and just for the context I want to tell our listeners that we met through uh, Etsy and I was looking for a frame, frame drum and uh, I found you straight away I found your page and I, I saw this specific drum that really spoke to me and I remember just messaging you about it straight away. And I can't believe we're having this conversation because that led to this connection. And then I fell in love with the, the, the art, the medicine, you call it, which I'm super interested in asking you more about how you call your drums, the medicine. And, and I can definitely testify to this just because of the way it sounds was very, very different than anything I've experienced before. Mm, I want to say thank you for that. And, and, and that really intrigued me because I'm very familiar with, you know, drums. I also made myself one. Mm. I have this uh, amazing friend of ours uh, um, and that he, you know, holds these workshops where you can actually spend a whole day creating and giving energy and life to your own drum. Uh, so I'm kind of like familiar with the whole process, but your drums are extraordinary. I think that would be understatement for me to say that. And I just wanted to find out what is behind this, like who's behind this, 
who's who's the energy behind what I'm experiencing? And so one of the reasons that I was called to have this conversation with you. So if you could maybe tell us a little bit about your background and mm-hmm. how you came into this work. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, first of all, I'm so happy to hear that you are pleased with the drums and um it was really a joy, especially when somebody comes back and asks for a second drum. That always makes me so happy, which speaks to how the first drum <laughs> was satisfying or uh, received well. So um, that was really exciting. And I also know we, we made a very um, customized piece for you where I felt you really laid out some of the ideas that you had or needs that you had. It's, this is a while ago, so I'm I may not be uh, remember all details, but I remember it was very, very. No, I do remember the drum, very specific with the material, and I also connected to another drum maker who made the frame himself by hand here in Germany, like a local material, and all of that was very exciting. Um, and I love these kind of orders the most when it's when it's really it's a real person, and I get to have an experience with a real human being and their needs and their work and their dreaming and their inspirations so that was really special for me um i think i've always been really attracted to the creative journey and the medicine making and of course many of us do this as children our entire childhood assembling things gathering materials making art um dreaming and playing And I think um, that's why I went to art school to try to continue and to, to do that in a more professional frame and learn more um, on a cognitive level. Um, but of course I had this, yeah, I had that moment of like, oh, this is where I belong. And then eventually the illusion faded and I was like, no, this is not very complete for me. And it doesn't really give me um, the fullness of what I feel in myself of what making art could and should be like just for me. Um, I adore the analytical and the cognitive aspect of it a lot. And it's definitely also very much me, but I, it was also something missing and I kept having misunderstandings with my teachers. And so when I um, met my teacher at the time who I did a shamanic training with for four years, that really was such a relief of like, oh, okay, there's, you know, there's the context, which really is like, there's the fullness here that happens where I, I get to have like a more complete understanding. Um, of what's happening when I am engaged in a very magical process of first there's, a, there's nothing and then there's something <laughs> almost like alchemy like there's a, an idea or a thought or a dream or a vision and then at the end of the day I have something in my hand that really has like a personality and speaks a language and has so much to say and has a presence um And so I started making my first own drums about eight years ago. And at the time I wanted to buy one, but I was a student in art school. I paid, um, my money went into doing the shamanic trainings and traveling to meet my teacher. And so there was no way I could just buy a drum. So I just started making them because I worked a lot with leather in, in my becoming a fashion designer then, in my, doing my master's in fashion design. I was always attracted to that material. Um, And then it went just to making drums for my sister and my mom and in the closer circumference of family and friends. Um, and I'm, I, I'm very surprised of what I'm doing now. Like I did not, I did not see this coming. There's an element of this feels too good to be true <laughs> to do this full time. 
and to be having a carving out a space in the world professionally with this type of work. That's like a, there's a sacredness in it, and then the practicality where this can be a career that I didn't even think of would be possible. Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for giving us the context. So you are doing the whole the, the you know the Western model of the masters in fashion designing and how how was the transition into the shamanic what was the interest how did the how did it come about how did you have that transition into because that seems like a big u-turn in a way or maybe not maybe i'm i'm just kind of perceiving mm -hmm. it that way um would you say there was like a u-turn almost um and then going towards the shamanic training rather Then, then following the Western model of the, I don't know, maybe you can speak to that in a different way. Yeah, I think yes and no. I think, I mean, I started reading about shamanic work when I was a teenager and I started going to the Vipassana and checking out different temples and different cities. And that was definitely part of my life way before I started art school. But uh, I felt like I was a bit in the closet in art school. Like I could be accepted here as a designer and artist, but I could not really share like the language of my soul and the intimacy that I feel in creating something. So I had to sort of speak that really rational language to be taken serious. And, um, and at the time I didn't know how I could be all those things. It didn't seem like, oh yeah, of course, like I can be, oh now it's like, yeah, it belongs together. Um, and the making beauty doesn't work in these little boxes and sections um, of different titles and professions. Now it seems a bit silly, but at the time I felt a bit in the closet. So during the week I would be in, in my master's program in the studio in art school. And on the weekends, I would be like sitting somewhere in the woods drumming, <laughs> doing these really intense like four day rituals, coming back a completely altered person and then going back to school and not really sharing that much about um, what I've been doing. And I, I felt at the time of a judgment from both those sides, from also from the healing shamanic community towards what I was doing out in the world and the other way around. Maybe some of it was within me. Maybe that, that was a louder voice. Maybe it wasn't so much outside of myself, but I, at the time I didn't know how to bring that together or how that could be, yeah, something that's like unified in me. Yeah, that's beautiful and now how now you know years down the line how are you doing that now how are you bringing them together now I have no idea how they could be separate how the creating of something beautiful where that is fashion or a painting or a drum now I do not know how uh, that that could have been a challenge I think Well, I think now I'm doing it because I'm completely, there's a sense of autonomy now in my lifestyle. I've, I'm, I'm not, luckily, I don't have to function in a nine to five job situation now. And there's no like frame of reference put upon me in which I have to present myself. Like I get to dictate those terms. So that's why now it's very natural and easy and effortless. And um, most of my communication in my work life now happens only with the people who I make drums for. And that's always a gorgeous lens through to, to meet a person through. So, um, and maybe it's also not so much my accomplishment, but just the changing of our planet and where we're all going and how also the idea of healing work and shamanic work and psychedelics and 
yoga, all of it becomes so much more, there's so much consensus around all of it now. And it's more mainstream now than maybe it used to be. Yeah. So on a, on a um, superficial level, we can definitely agree that it's becoming more widespread. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more accepted to have your hands in the 95 and then the other hand in the um, creative um, aspect of your life and then kind of drawing meaning from both and leading your life in more autonomous way. I love what you said about that. Maybe I am better at bringing those worlds together because I have the autonomy. This is something that I am super passionate about. And we do lead lots of lots of group processes together mm-hmm. online. These are online integration processes where our centerpiece is always the self-agency mm-hmm. in everything we do. Um, it is always reinforced in every single way possible, whether it's a subtle gesture or a, a content or an intense experiences or uh, sharing or emotional roller coasters that we go through always we come back down to the um, specifics of the self-agency and how that is actually the key in like you said integrating everything to uh, all all together mm-hmm. I love that and also like uh, like also you said I definitely agree that there is a widespread Um, expansion in all these different ideas um, collectively global people are really um, exploring different ways of creativity let's say Mm -hmm. and um, so just want to track back to maybe the psychedelic medicines or the plant medicines Um, was this something that um, maybe had some role in your process or in the way that you are, um, or your path? Do you think this kind of stirred you in some way to to recalibrate and bring you back into, or was it just a lot of different things all um, at the same time, not just one specific thing? It could be, like you said earlier, psychedelic medicines or yoga or shamanic teachings. Like, what, how would you, uh, what would be the threads that kind of helped you to come in alignment of, what you breathe and get to live every day now? Wow, I don't even know if I can answer that question. I think, well, part of it is just time. Part of it is I was relatively young when I started doing the shamanic trainings. I was, I think I was the youngest person in the group. So I was in my early 20s and everybody, most of the people were in their 50s. So I didn't have to overcome a lot of beliefs that were anchored in me about who I am and what's possible. I think that was very helpful because I noticed there was so much struggle from other participants in the trainings that really just this dismantling of complete definitions of what reality is, where, of course, I also was really changed by what I was learning, but I didn't feel that I have to throw everything away I ever learned and did <laughs> and have to start from scratch. I was, I did not, that was not my experience, luckily. Um I think the I think the sense of I mean you could explain those journeys from completely different standpoints and perspectives but I guess there was a sense of I I was able to create the circumstances or lucky to have the circumstances to really follow something that felt like what does my psyche want and need and I just didn't know anything else 
than creating something. I also dropped out of school pretty early when I was 16. And I was like, this is it. I cannot try to function in this system anymore. And that then I started doing my first training to become a fashion designer then. And then already I was like, okay, this makes more sense for me. I can just create things and learn how to create things with my hands and sort of dream beautiful things into existence. Um, and and that, was, that was a good direction, but it wasn't quite the full where I really feel I belong because I never saw myself in the fashion industry. But I also never really saw myself in this esoteric bubbles that I sort of touched on or knew around me. So I guess it comes back to what you said about autonomy or self-agency. Ultimately, I, for me, I have to create my own type of career and um, space professionally that will always be a combination of different elements and things. And I do want to make fashion again. And I do want to continue to make drums and do healing work and vision work and drum making workshops. Like it will always be a mixture and there is no, oh, this is what I'm going for. This is the picture. Now I can imitate somebody else's journey or an image or an attitude. Um, and that's a challenge and a great luxury to be able to, to do that and explore and figure it out <laughs> and build it up. And it's like planting different trees, what it feels like. And I start with one and it starts growing and blossoming and the drum building tree is doing really well now. And now I get to plant new trees so that I can draw from different fields and create in different ways and places. Mm, yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, I want to highlight the, the, what you said about uh, coming into the shamanic teachings and the circles or the workshops very early on really helped. Um, so this is a discussion we have among our friends. Um, a lot of the time we talk about um, how soon is for a young person to dwell into uh, any of these um, you know, tools, uh, whether it's a psychedelic medicine or um, shamanic teachings or esoteric, any esoteric kind of teachings. We always discuss this, like, when is it too young? Um, should they wait longer? Should they really, or, or is that really fair on them? Because you kind of like, where, do, where does all these feelings of guilt come from? Like, do we stir them away from being just an ordinary person, pursuing maybe just a ordinary things in life we, when I say ordinary you know we could just look at it from a perspective of the mundane you know the 3d uh, three-dimensional way of living the physical perspective and um, and there are lots of moms that I you know have conversations with and they always feel guilty about bringing their younger ones into the out of the norm practices mm. and, and and living in a path and yeah and I always stick to the thing that you said as well. I feel like coming in early is actually an advantage just because it allows them, instead of, you know, spending so much years um, unpacking and offloading the baggage, it's just easier for them to navigate into these realms easier and, and without resistance, without too much resistance. I always thought this way, and I think you kind of confirmed that for me. I agree. I mean, I obviously I can only speak from my own experience, but in, I felt that the younger the participants, the more it was like a playful thing for us. For everybody who was still like me in their 20s, we it there was not much at stake. We didn't have this um this oh, looking back at your career or your life choices and completely questioning everything or feeling like okay, I've been doing something I absolutely don't even believe in. 
that none of that would happen for us when we're just out of school or just out of university or still just really in this playing around, feeling like the entire future is open. And then I think it's wonderful. I don't know if there's such a thing as being too young. And I would wonder where's the resistance coming from? Because um, of course, if a person doesn't feel comfortable being in a circle like that, doing intense rituals and drumming, then of course they, sh they shouldn't do that. That wouldn't be, if it doesn't make you happy if you don't feel excited or whatever, then why would you do that? But uh, if, if that's not the case, then I don't know if there's a too young. I would definitely bring my babies into the circle. <laughs> I would definitely, I mean, I've been in teachings and there were kids present and they go in and out and they do their thing. And if, as long as they can like somewhat focus and not distract the group too much, it's like easy. It's like a very natural thing to be sharing knowledge and to be creating art. It's like very, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's intense moments when there's maybe emotions coming up or transformational processes that should not be interrupted. But uh, other than that, I, don't, I think it's wonderful. I would be really excited to bring in kids and students and younger yeah. people. I feel like there's more a sense of playfulness. And this is not just, this is not like my achievement. It's just, I was born in a different time than my parents were. So for me, this, this bending the mind into what is possible was just more adventurous than a struggle was like oh this is so fun and I so always knew there was more <laughs> instead of having all these traumata from like school and teachers and parents and authorities um I think if we had them us as younger people they were much smaller and less painful to go through later in the teachings and in the program and in like changing your mind into completely different new potential realities yeah, I think also we underestimate the children and their power in their malleability and their uh, resiliency. Right. I think, yeah, I think parents, you know, or mothers or older generation, they carry a lot of maybe like stigma or maybe at least their own perceived like lenses, looking through their own lenses, thinking that this is not a good environment for the kids or the kids should do their own thing first and then come into this later. Like you said, this is probably why one of the reasons we still having to have these conversations in the West um, in our modern lives, because we haven't integrated any of these yet. There's still a lot of separation. There is still a lot of, um, you know, um, just if, if we just look at our frame of our lives, you know, there is a, there is us, you know, trying to be a professional in our lives and show up to the world in that frame, like, more cognitive more conscious and and not conscious but more um what would the, the right word would be um more kind of fitting in that in that kind of box and then there is this other side to us where it's more expansive and maybe esoteric maybe shamanic or maybe um spiritual and um yeah we somehow feel like this shouldn't be this should be something we protect and not really bring it to the table so much just in case it should be the other way around, actually. For me, I always believe that if we were to be able to integrate all of these earlier on, I think we wouldn't even have these conversations of separation. I think it would just be a, a way of life that people are able to, you know, expand, go into the expansiveness and creativity and, and whatever feels good in their heart rather than learning to fit some of these boxes. So I really feel that. And yeah. Having children in the circles, I think what I observe and see as well, 
helps them to be integrated in the community. Uh, one of the things that we talked recently, again, with another friend that somehow in the modern world, the, the children are kind of taken out of the context and people almost, um, we have desensitized ourselves from like, children are separate from the grown-ups' lives and that they have to do different set of things and be separate and they should go to bed so early and that then the adults have this other life. You know, you're just so separate and do you know what I mean? It's just all over the place. Instead, I dream of cultures where children are really integrated in everything they do. Of course, within boundaries, within, you know, within lines and, you know, care and consciousness like children right. yeah yeah what are your thoughts on that I agree and I also as you speak about that I'm also thinking of how sometimes for kids it seems that something is very easy and matter of fact between the mystical and the practical and then if we would be in a teaching where after intense ritual we may be we may be working with symbols or we'd be creating symbols and then a kid may just do that in like two minutes and as part of their play and it's it seems so uh, mundane and and relaxed and there's not a lot of noise around it of like either having to overcome doubt or not really believing in the process or whatever it is or not believing your own perception um, and kids don't seem to struggle with that so I think it's something really you can really learn from how they you know and we observe how they do things and how they create medicines and gather medicines and. Um, uh, I think there's something to be said about how they are so effortless and don't have this intense questioning of their own perception that keeps them in their little box like we can see um, on us, on adults. So I think it, it sounds to me like a very smart thing to to to, to, to not have those, those separations and to yeah. be um, observe and learn kind of <laughs> with them. Yeah. And I don't have kids yet, so I don't. I, I speak from a perspective who's observing kids more than I don't live with kids. But I like when I see how they are so unafraid of sometimes also emotional intensity that we assume is challenging them, but really they just they adapt so fast, and they are they seem to be much more comfortable with things that we maybe don't think they could be. Um, so yeah. I'm thinking of specifically like intense teachings and meetings when there's channeling and a lot of emotions or transformations. And I feel kids would probably be more mm, easy to adapt to that than a lot of adults would, or not as scared or not as shocked about what they're observing. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to highlight what you said. It's so powerful. Um, Grown-ups sometimes assume that they are going through such challenging processes, but yet they are just doing their thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple and thing that just flows and they're not really experiencing it as we imagine it so yeah we are going to forever forever carry these you know perceptions of what children are yet not really um but yet it's it's our own limitation rather yeah mm-hmm. yeah a projection of fears maybe correct yeah, oh, yeah. this is overwhelming this should be like kept separate for, separate from a child or yeah yeah, yeah, but the rawness, the rawness of the whole experience of life is that it is that that we're here for, right? Yeah, and they seem to be pretty, pretty relaxed around intense transformations like birthing and death. They seem to be pretty okay with observing those processes more than we are most of the time. 
Yeah. They seem to be pretty open to experiencing it and be like um, sort of more neutral and curious about it instead of having all these assumptions and fear and resistance. Yeah. Human beings, we're so complex. Yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> so, amazing. It's so wild. Yeah. Um, okay. Come back, coming back to you again, um, Milena. Let's talk about your uh, any psychedelic experience that is significant um, or had some significance in your life, in your process that you might want to share with us. I wonder if I can even single out an individual one because I feel like I've I've had I've had many moments where I go into a learning into a specific like in a ritualistic context um which again is just what I refer to because that's what I know um and then come out someone very different and being very surprised at how everything looks completely different and how the spaces that are familiar to me seem to have somehow completely changed or the landscape that was familiar seems to speak in a way that I was never aware of before. Um, genuinely communication with everything that's alive around me would always be uh, changed, fundamentally changed. And then, of course, the expansion from the communicating with the beings of the earth and the trees and the clouds or the moon into going into really cosmic realms, um, which used to be, for me, pretty much my favorite part of my training, the communicating with more cosmic communities. And um, that's where I really felt like, oh, this is where I want to grow roots and anchor myself into and really give myself to this process and this learning and give my voice to it and give my body to it and give my time to it. Um, and my tears and my physical presence and my intellect. So um, I think I, I think I couldn't really point out a single one, but uh, I find myself often fundamentally changed when I go back in time to gather pieces of myself that has that have gone missing, that have been shocked out of my system or dissociated for whatever circumstances and reasons, and then the fear and the resistance before. To go back there because you know there was really good reasons that you dissociated or that part of you went uh, stuck in the past. Um, but then the the complete change in sense of self after is even more powerful. The more I would have fears and resistance, and really I, I'm thinking of one specific um, a time where I was intensely scared for the first and only time with that intensity before ritual being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go onto this journey. I really feel like running away. I really feel not like I should do this. Um, and then of course I got through it wonderfully. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences. And, and I'm also just mind blown over and over that we are able to create circumstances where that is possible, where I can just sit in a space with a group of people I can try to relax and close my eyes and follow the instructions of the intention and the frame of the ritual and listen to the drums and allow myself to be carried back to welcome back a part of me that is needed here and now. Um, but then also the sort of a similar thing, but then going out and connecting to other beings and giving our voices to them and giving 
the circle to them and channeling their voices has always been such a profound experience each time and elevating and healing for me. Um, and also intense because, because you're sort of going into such a completely foreign frame of references where there's just hardly anything for the mind to recognize. <laughs> and, and, um, but that's also what makes it so potent and beautiful. And um, we definitely had moments also in my, in my closer circles where I share rituals every week with, where we have been carried through world events with a lot of humor and support and wisdom because we would do, that would be our impulse. If there's something happening in the world, we're like, we need, we need to sit down and get some perspective here because we do not know what to make of this. And then after would be just fine and at peace and just this looking at human experience from outside human experience is always a very psychedelic experience and a very healing experience. Yeah, that's so profound. Stepping outside of the, the ordinary point of reference to journey into more unknown realms to put some perspective into our experiences of here and now. Right. And then when we do together, we can really process and anchor that together and be like, okay, this is real. I'm not, this is not something wild. I'm making up. This is like we all hear it. We all we're all elevated. We all feel really healed and lighter. And we have a different feeling in our bodies and we come back home differently. So it's good to have community around that type of learning and the type of growth. I think it's essential um, to, to really process it, to really have it become a very sort of ordinary thing too, where the mystical has just a place in your life that's like shared and becomes just part of, part of everyday life. Yeah, and also um, witnessed by others who can also have that spark and inspiration. And uh, I love that. So we talk a lot about the community building. I mean, you're probably seeing or maybe not because I know you're not so much on social media. Lucky you. <laughs> it's a good thing. <clears throat> and um, there is, I, I sense a real trust here because, you know, in medicine work, there is a concept of surrendering um, during the experience of a very intense psychedelic experience. There is also this reinforced concept of surrender to the to the unknown to to the fear or to the discomfort i feel like the real surrendering is coming back and really integrating yourself into this planet earth as you said earlier actually integrating yourself into the cosmic world other communities being the trees and the other uh, life forms and breathing or not breathing planets i think just re recognition of being part of those and also surrendering to this i'm on this planet earth and i'm going to you know stand really strong on my feet and really surrender to this path of you know committing my body my breath my my intelligence my being to this this unfolding I think it's the most mystical thing I've ever heard so far on these on these conversations. So thank you for that. It is truly inspirational. Thank you. Because it's not just about sitting in medicine circles, doing yoga. Right. It's not about doing even the drum circles. It's about what do we take home 
right? From all of these things that we seem to be seeking and wanting to experience. And um, you also said about the esoteric bubbles. I really get that. I mean, we talk about this all the time. So we're going to skip past because we, um, in these conversations, I always talk about the, um, you know, the misinformation and the the bubbles of your, you know, in the, obviously the, they come from good intentions. Obviously the start, the initial seed is always a good intention, mm-hmm. but then things get out of hand and then we experience all these other things that are not really authentic or genuine. Right. Right. And these communities can get, can go really wild and it could actually become really toxic and dysfunctional or competitive. Right. So right. here we are. And, and I always, again, one of the reasons we continually reinforce the self agency in each of us, I think that can hopefully leverage mm-hmm. how we are. If we can take care of how we are, how we are in, in, in our being and in, in the world, hopefully that could kind of, um, leverage or, inter- or, or counter the the other side of being competitive and getting all toxic and dysfunctional right i think that i mean it's it's beautiful to embrace what the possibilities of social media have to offer but just the um there's something about all of the things we just touched on about the m- moments of awaiting awakening and regathering yourself and reconnecting with yourself and going through this chaos to come out m- more clear with a sense of vision and direction all that that cannot really be shown or you cannot take a picture of it really you cannot really you cannot really demonstrate that to the world in a photo of yourself there's something that you cannot really capture in that format to me or reproduce in a way that makes sense to me but you can make art of course you can sing you make music paint and make films or fashion like all of that or poetry all of that is really beautifully captured in every art form. It just is not maybe something that is bringing great results when you couple it with a sense of self-staging that you kind of inevitably have to find a way with if you are on social media. Yeah, yeah, so true. (laughs) And look, you're not on social media and I found you. I guess there is this cosmic (laughs) energetic something is happening that is connecting us doesn't matter where we are as long as we continue to serve and to surrender to this path of our own creativity i have a really really good friend that i met years ago and he used his his famous words with this every single one of us <clears throat> are born with a medicine pouch mm-hmm. your job is to find your own medicine pouch and grow that and fill it up. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's uh, all of us, just like the DNA of in each of us, we have have this unique template of having that medicine pouch to bring to the world. And if we continually commit and surrender to this, the universe takes care of everything. Then we won't need a YouTube channel, maybe hopefully, <laughs> to find find the ones that appreciate that that unique medicine that we're offering, mm-hmm. just like you with your, your drums. Yeah, it also reminds me of a dream that I had where I would actually gather medicine bags. So that's that was another thought that I had just when you said, um, we found each other and I'm not active on social media um, because I actually dreamt of that teacher 
um, and I dreamt of him in a dream. And it was, I was sure that who that person was and there was no question mark around it. And it really helped me make that decision to learn from him because I, I would not want to just go online and find somebody. There's so much out there. Like you have to find what really suits you and like people who speak the language that makes sense for you and who challenge you and who take you serious or the type of learning and yeah, the, the, kind, the kind of learning that's really aligned with what makes sense for you at the time. And, and yeah, there's a lot of support and very strange connecting to the right person at the right time that happens outside of, <laughs> outside of the digital realm <laughs> all the time. I agree. Every single person that really influenced and in, in inspired my life has always been a very, I found them in the most in, um, unconventional ways. So yeah. I can I can testify to that. I mean, we're not we're not hating the social media, of course. Look at this; it's beautiful yeah. that we get to do right. this. Um, I'm a pro social media mm -hmm. if if it's used in the most authentic mm -hmm. way. So um, there is also that, but it's just cutting through the noise and really right. again coming back to the autonomy and the self agency of knowing when to make a decision when you found the right person or the right thing or the right experience through channeling through that, you know, agency. Again, mm -hmm. always comes back to us how well we are in our, how well we know our inner uh, territory, inner state. Right. And I think that's where, that's where it gets tricky with social media. We do totally not have to go there any further. I just feel like the, um, what you just said, the, I'm sometimes concerned with the idea of because let's say Instagram of it being sort of a loop that always also feeds us more of what we're looking for in terms of art making that that's a concern that I'm having. Like, how are we going to have as many perspectives and dreams and experiences of so many different people be visually represented in the world in terms of art making if too many of us, or if most of us, look into the same pool of the same sort of contents that keep, yeah, that keep being fed back to us. Um, yeah. So I think that's why I wonder, and also just speaking for myself, because um, it makes me a bit nervous to think of how I'm influenced maybe, or I don't think so much of the idea of original piece. We all gamble and, I mean, um, gather different elements and, uh, and piece them back together in a unique way and i'm not claiming that i make original art it's just the sort of rawness of my vision and my spiritual perspective that i wish to speak through my pieces and i wonder if that actually gets lost if i put it more into social media and somehow i'm being found somehow <laughs> somehow uh, so far um yeah it's okay i love this what you said um, it's about, I guess it comes down to a lot of trust, that inner trust of when you're so connected to what you're doing and it's just, that's you, that's, that's just you. Like I, I just knew, I think there is something really powerful is happening here is beyond our human, like limited the way we grasp things, like it just this this thing here, what you said goes beyond that. And I'm hearing what you said about if all of us get onto Instagram and start posting our creative 
like you said, and looking at other creations, it's almost like taking us away from our own medicine pouch. That's all mm-hmm. I can say. Mm-hmm. Not, not so much, not so much like you said, creating the best and the unique piece, but it's about eventually moving away from what you aren't meant to be bringing forth. Yeah, and I think because um, you mentioned trust before, if I and I again, I totally don't want to bash it. I love looking at beautiful pictures of people's Instagrams, and like I totally appreciate the getting inspired by other artists a lot. I think that's beautiful, and I do appreciate the connecting to people on the other side of the planet. My mentors and teachers are on the other side of the planet, so if I want to speak to them, there there is no other way than uh, using technology, and I think that's genius. But um, I also have dreams where I will dream of a specific drum and it comes even with the name in the dream and a color and a material and, oh, this is horse hide and, okay, this is the name and it's, it's connected to this type of mineral or, or it's, it's very specific sometimes and I cannot get that anywhere else but in my own dreams. Um, so talking about trust, like I think we're so rich in things that desire to be born out of our words, out of our hands, mm-hmm. out of our sharing into our community with our bodies or whatever our tools are, that we could trust maybe a bit more into there's so much that is actually waiting to be expressed and seen and shared um, that maybe we could spend a little more energy mm-hmm. giving space to that when, of course, the, just the nature of social media, there's just something addictive. It's just time consuming sometimes. And, and we have so much that we can draw from that we don't need um, so-called inspiration or <laughs> I think we're, I think we have all of that. And I don't think any person lacks motivation either. I think I, from my experience and then specifically meeting people through that lens of when I am in a channeling state or when I, when I am channeling for for others or like that perspective, there's no person who lacks motivation and no person who lacks inner abundance in, in, in those psychic landscapes um, where there, there's just, uh, there's like centuries of stories and images and knowledge and wisdom waiting to come out or waiting to be seen or waiting to be trusted. Yeah. Yeah, and that's beautiful. Thank you. That's so amazing. And of course, we're going to end the social media thing right here. We <laughs> love it. We love it. It's like um, talking about the negativity of social media on social media. It's always irony, but always the um, best. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just using it in the right way without blocking your own trust and creativity. I think having the discernment. Mm-hmm having that balance, having the discernment, having the mm-hmm. autonomy to know mm-hmm. how to navigate it. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, okay, so t- talk to us about like what's behind these drums. I wish I could show my audience my one. <laughs> I may have it there. <laughs> I have it. I have it here. I may be able to show my audience <laughs> what I have. It's, um, it, I mean, I, I've never learned to be or beat drum, or I have never learned to work with drums in my life. With your drum, I feel like I don't need to learn. It's doing it. It's 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 happening. 
all I have to do is use my body and my hand and put the beater and the drum together. Mm. I've never experienced this any time in, in anywhere. Any, mm. I mean, it's an understatement and you can tell how <laughs> overwhelming it is for me to talk about it. Thank you. Yeah. Tell, us, tell us, what is this? What, what, how is this possible? What is this energy behind this? Well, I think you just explained it so beautifully. And I think I know exactly what you mean. The, um, I have moments or we in our circle have moments when we're drumming and it is so wild how it doesn't even feel like we're doing the drumming. Um, there's a sense of wilderness in the most literal possible way where I feel like I'm listening and stepping aside and just observing and listening to the sound and following the sound instead of I'm not even doing the drumming. It just feels like I'm listening to someone or something speaking to each other and going back and forth in a dialogue. Also the drums with each other. It's like they completely take over and we just follow the journey. Um, I guess there's something happening that obviously I wouldn't know how to explain. Um, I also want to say there's something highly ordinary in it when the, with the act like, because it is part of my daily life, I'm just having my tea, maybe in my sweatpants, cutting the hides, <laughs> preparing the frames, listening to music, talking to my best friends on the phone while I'm preparing everything. Um, having my idea of what I'm about to make, um, depending on what the person wants. And then something happens where I just follow whatever the drum is doing. Um, and there's definitely been really silly moments of like me having an idea that I want to put onto this instrument where I'm like, but you're this. <laughs> and I have an expectation of what you're going to look like. And I clearly have an idea of how you're going to sound like, how your presence is going to be like, and then it just does its own thing. And I have to understand. And sometimes it's, it's, it's not always like that, but sometimes it's pretty extreme and hilarious how I really have to give up my idea of what I'm creating because it will just not do what I'm expecting, what it will do, especially sometimes with a paint where I have an idea of maybe harmony, maybe this will look a certain way. And then the colors just do whatever they want and I cannot control it. Pretty much literally cannot contain um, the process or the outcome. And then that's where I'm, that's, that's where I know, okay, this is, I, <laughs> I appreciate what you're doing here. <laughs> Um, and I will follow your lead. And then when I check in with the client, that usually reflects either their personality or their process or who they, often the drum really reflect um, the person, uh, the presence of the person or something the person feel they always were, but were not really allowed to be, or they feel they are, but were not really seen as that or not not acknowledged in a certain way um and then sometimes the drums just really complement beautifully a client's work and i but they all have a different presence i've never met an instrument where it was like oh you know they really it's like individual human beings um it makes me think a bit of how we see animals just this idea of like 
oh, it's a horse, but then each one has just a completely different character and they like different things and different foods and play in different ways. And some are very serious and some are very silly and goofy. That's the same with the drums. I feel some really have such a majestic presence. I, I sent one off last week and it felt like a mountain was sitting there. It felt like a wise old grandmother. And I looked at it the next day and I'm surprised. So I have that effect. What you describe when you're playing your drum and it feels like, you become witness to it rather than you feel like you're creating the sound. I have that same experience sometimes with making them that it's, it's somehow suddenly I open my eyes and there's a drum and I'm really surprised at what I'm looking at. And it's, it's, it's always a unique meeting of a unique personality. And sometimes they feel very talkative and chatty. Like they just want to start talking and, and like they're just super full of words and bubbly. And sometimes they feel very calm and more quiet and more serious and have a sense of authority um and it's it's beautiful when there's a opportunity to connect that to the person who's receiving the drum sometimes there's not sometimes um not every person communicates as much with me sometimes i just know okay this is the design they want and this is the material and size and sometimes there's like in our case there's more exchange and then that's very exciting and i also talking about autonomy uh, autonomy that I feel the more I get to the more trust I get on um, from the person who's receiving the drum the easier and the more mystical the process the more effortless and the more surprised I am with the result and um, it's more challenging for, for me when I um, yeah just the more freedom I have so some some people just send me some personal information about their healing work, what type of work they do, what type of traditions maybe they work in. Some send me their shamanic names or meaningful totems and colors or ancestors and give me that information and that's it. And then I just get to play with that. And that's usually, that's often the pieces that really are pretty mind blowing and pretty, and I don't even mean to take credit for that. I'm just stunned. I'm just surprised. And I'm just really honored and humbled to be meeting people in this really sort of intimate way. And yet I don't need any of these people, but I get to create their drums. And that's just such a uniquely gorgeous way and mysterious way of meeting a person. And then, and then I hand it over and then I never see the drum again. And then, I, and I don't need the, need the receiver, but um, it's, it's pretty wild to think of I think of that sometimes. What if I, when, if this life ends, am I going to like meet all the drums? <laughs> am I, am I going to pass through a space where all of these instruments are going to be sitting or singing or <laughs> speaking to me? <laughs> I wonder if that sometimes. <laughs> wow. You've answered my question. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. That was a long answer. <laughs> it is literally, it's, um, mystical it's unexpected it's um psychedelic very much so for sure yeah so when i say that you answered my question i mean i meant i really mean it um because when i pick up the drum i don't need to know how to drum right i just i just have to hold it and and like you said you just have to show up and let the whole process lead you into creating or be, or or um it's like you're the just a physical container your hands and your container just helping this to be birthed to come into being in creation mm -hmm. 
yeah. it's very mystical very psychedelic and that's why i call psychedelic medicines and medicines and when you um messaged me talking about the drums as medicine i knew i knew exactly what you were referring to and mm. talking about that's great i think also i wonder also i mean it clearly also has just to do with the person who's playing their drum um because the drum seems a bit like a reflection or an extension or a um, sort of giving body to an aspect of the person who's receiving it or part of maybe your ancestral lineage in their spiritual tradition um so and that's where the medicine is it's it, from my end the the honor of making it and the getting that trust and that sense of intimacy and that creative journey but then also for the receivers uh the connecting within themselves and then um cultivating the relationship with your perception um with your own dreaming with your own yeah ancestors guides totems whatever system you work in um, and I like that there's something pretty universal just because of the drum being an instrument that's really played on every single continent, one of the first instruments we ever made. And I think that's really cool that that we find those instruments in the Middle East and in the Americas and then in Siberia and then in like, obviously, in, yeah, just all continents. And that's that's interesting, just noticeable, an instrument that's really found everywhere. And even relatively similar in this particular technical shape and body. Yeah. And yeah, shamanic, what I said earlier, my, my ambivalence about the word, just because I like to be conscious with the language that I bring in because I notice just the associations and that the images that arise for people are so different. And then sometimes some words call in certain images that may not really connect to what I think I'm doing or what I feel I want to say. Um, so I think for when I say shamanic, I really just mean a way of connecting and communicating to all forms of life around us, like a, this um, friendship, like this cosmic friendships and um, a, a way of um, an attitude towards life and connection. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, a few years ago, I heard this quote, um, before, before light, there was sound. Mm. And in one of my um, journeys, experiences with the medicine, psychedelic medicines, one of the things that came up was that that was the fact and that it was the sound that brought us into being and the creation. So there is definitely an intimate connection with me and the drums mm. and, and the sound of the drum. And also, um, I also uh, was reading another article where the sound of the drum can actually reset you back to your original state. Right. That was very powerful to even grasp what this means. It's literally healing. Mm. It's literally uh, unpacking resetting like all of those beautiful things and concepts we use in the self-development or healing journeys and um how valuable is that that you are in this doing that you're kind of like at the, the core of of this concept it's beautiful just to know that this is a very like being in the it, it, do you know what i mean like being in the center of this whole thing mm. it emanates from that 
it's really, really powerful. Yeah, and I like what you um, with the the idea of sound being like the original condition for life to be there. I think we beautifully sort of recreate that process with just being born and then first being in complete darkness and sort of blindness. But we have that sound. We hear the heartbeat. We hear mm -hmm. the sounds around us. But we are in this complete sheltered, dark space, like in that cave type of <laughs> feeling. Um, but then sound is coming through. And then before we really start seeing, we definitely hear. Um, yeah, it is, it is very beautiful. And I was wondering, when you say, with what we just talked um, about just a moment ago, when you say that it's a psychedelic with the, how the drums come into being, but also how you pick it up and you play and you don't even know who or what is playing, it's more like it's playing itself. What, is, what does it mean for you when you say, psychedelic because just but what do you have in mind when you say that it's exactly what you said with your process the creative journey it is beyond you mm. it's a, there's a spirit there's a element there's a force behind it that is not nothing to do with you it is really beyond you mm -hmm. that's what i mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and i can really Uh, relate to what you say about the there's a sense of coming back into an original state yeah. for, for me and for us when we're drumming and I also love um, what you said earlier about you you didn't like officially learn it but you're just doing it and I think that's the best possible scenario like I think that's also talking about being like um, deciding that your own either curiosity or being attracted to that instrument for whatever reason or to that sound um, rather than having an outside voice or authority or somebody who's more knowledgeable. That's amazing. And we all need our teachers and, and, and elders, but I love, I love that he, hearing that um, just the traveling on your own and, and the exploring and the, you cannot really do it wrong when you're doing it I feel like <laughs> and I've had strange moments when I was younger I think just because I don't know I don't as young women and then being in spiritual spaces with older men maybe not often being like totally taken serious especially not as a drum maker but also not just as a dreamer or healer um, where people would tell others how you have to drum and I get that I'm sure in some senses in, in some context that totally makes sense and I also course want to respect that different traditions have different ways of doing that but um i love now in my groups and circles and the surrounding just we, there's no one way to do this everybody's different and i hear from clients completely different way with ways with um how they work and play with their drums and some are like speaking and drumming and use it in guided meditations and i mean i'm sure the styles that people play are completely different and it would be silly to say this is the one way and then each drum does sound different and then it does sound different depending on what you're doing we've had meetings where we focus on maybe just it's all about the moon and the drums sound like silver light they sound very cool like there's something chilling like a cold <laughs> coldness like they sound very like serious and cool and the sound sounds like like a silvery surface And then we do something more with the earth or specific totems or whatever the intention is. They just sound different. So there's something to be said about we can really 
um, go with whatever they want to communicate or reflect to us. And they will give us the sound quality or they will speak to us in their own strange ancient voices about whatever place we want to connect to, whether it's something in the world or cosmos or something within ourselves. Wow, I could talk to you like another five hours. <laughs> this is this is a real this is the real ceremony right now. Thank you. I just want to take a moment and bring my drums out. Oh yeah. Is that okay? Um, sure. I'll be back in a moment. Yeah. Um, I just can't wait to show it to our audience. Yeah. Just a second. And I'm back. And here it is. <laughs> This is the one that um, I talked about earlier, that I don't need to do anything. I just need to take it and take my beta. And I just, it has the most deep sound. I've never heard such sound in my life. Mm. And this is the one that we created together with what I had in mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This one's more wider and... It's just so powerful, mm -hmm. very beautiful. So for our audiences, for our listeners that are listening to this podcast on the audio, fortunately you can't see it, but you can always check out the YouTube version with the video so you can see the beautiful, gorgeous drums that Milena creates. Wow. As we're coming to end of our conversation, Milena, what would you like to say to our audience who are probably listening to our conversation or even listening to a podcast around drums for the first time? And um, yeah, and, and you know, what, what would you like to say as last words of um, wisdom? Wow, I've never been asked that question. I think, of course, first of all, thank you for listening. And if you've been listening to the end of the conversation, thank you for your time. Um, maybe something that comes to mind is I'm speaking here now as a drum maker mainly, but I feel like what I'm passionate about and what really excites me the most and talking about the whole idea of making medicine and the psychedelic experience or the dreaming experience. Um, drums is just one possible expression or one possible medium. And obviously one that really, that I love, love a lot. But um, I think the sort of the search of finding expression for the mystical or finding ways to express like life force um, and, and birthing beauty doesn't really need like uh, one specific form to be genuine and deep and wholesome or healing for other people. And um, so I guess just to encourage the idea of, I know this is a very specific thing for a lot of people, drums and drumming or shamanic work, but um, someone else may find perfect expression for the same type of emotions or urge to share or to be seen in completely different um, materials and art forms or traditions and words. So I think to, it, it doesn't, what I'm loving here doesn't need to be limited to drums or the specific type of work that I happen to be doing. Um, it's more a human thing than a, yeah, it's more a, <laughs> it's more a human thing. If you know what I mean, if that makes sense to you. 
It does. <laughs> it does. Thank you so much. Yes, it's just uh, every single one of us come into a different calling or working with different tools and modalities and materials. And I always found that art form in any way, shape, form is the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, again, one of my favorite quotes always says that art has the power to change the world. And it does. It does. I really believe so. And uh, yeah. yeah, this is uh, this is a definitely a medicine. Art is medicine. Creation yeah. is medicine. Yeah, that makes a beautiful circle to the first, uh, one of the first questions of like, all of that is so inseparable. Art and medicine to me is not separable. It used to be different planets and now it's completely, it grows from the same soil and it speaks the same languages. Yeah. And it's and that's and that's exactly what's what makes it so sacred and powerful. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, thank you for doing what you do. It's just been such a pleasure to meeting you and having to create these beautiful drums that I'll carry as long as I will, I can. I'll have time here. Um and also um before we let you go, what is future holding for you? What is What are your, is there any projects? Is there anything you're working towards? I know you said creating the drums is one part. There are workshops, hopefully. Would you come to London? Maybe you could come to London as well and maybe do some workshops for us. <laughs> awesome. I would love, I would love to do that. That would be a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be absolutely exciting. I am looking for a studio space right now. And from what I'm feeling and sensing, it's going to happen in the next weeks. So In my mind, I'm literally having sleepless nights because I'm already, I'm so into decorating and creating spaces that I'm sleepless nights of like, that. where's the table going to go and what kind of light and where are we going to put this symbol and that symbol. So that's happening. I'm hoping still this year, the moving into a workspace to be able to expand and grow. Um, definitely drum building weekends and having a beautiful, again, the coming together of the the mystical aspect of it, but then also the the practical preparing it. And I think it's so empowering to make your own medicine and be like, there's there's something so grandiose. And you can only just learn to do that. It's mm-hmm. possible. And I think um I I definitely want to do that more and then go also into fashion design. I think that's gonna somehow in some shape and form, because I don't really see myself in the commercial industry. I think it's just a matter of creating the circumstances and the ways in which I can stand for it and believe in, in it to be a right and healing thing. And then um, I think I will also go back again more into the non-material part of the healing work, the individual work and group work and workshops and individual sessions and um, with a new space, really looking forward into that and really excited about sort of this wrapping up this year of a lot of work and growth and then opening up the new chapter of the new year. Very, very exciting time. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to connect to you and to somewhat meet you in person <laughs> and um, to get to speak to you. Yeah, that would be amazing. Your work. <clears throat> that would be wonderful. Yeah, well, we look forward to it and we'll look forward to having you back again for another episode in the future follow your projects and then see how it unfolds. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you back for more conversations like this. It's Thank just you. so beautiful to have you and have, have yeah, have this time together. 
thank you so much thank you for your time and your questions thank you thank you and thank you everybody for tuning in hope you guys enjoyed this session and um, if you have any questions any would like to connect and share please do so below and um, we will also have Milena's contact details and links uh, by the time this episode is published so you can connect directly with Milena thank you all much love see you on the next one bye for now Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.